All right, how many ready for the preaching of the word? Amen. Praise God. God's good. Sounds like you're excited about it. So I guess we're going to be in a series. This we're going to call it Worship Warriors. And and my goal here, you know, and I've said this so many times that, you know, everybody if a Christian, if you're a Christian, you probably worship. But not every Christian is a worshipper. Most Christians will worship. But not every Christian is a worshiper. In other words, every Christian can't claim that worship is a lifestyle with me. Uh, I do it on Sunday mornings, you know. No, it needs to be a lifestyle with you, and it makes all the difference in the world. And my goal is to get everybody to be a worshiper and not just worship. It'll change who you are. It'll change your life, change everything about you. It'll make Mondays better. How about that? Amen? Go ahead and praise him if you, if you agree. You're, you're a, most of you are already there. You're already there. So we've been talking about this from the book of Revelation where John, John gets a revelation and God tells him, you know, there's an open door, right, Revelation 4.1, and he goes up. He says, come up and I will show you. Let me say that again. Come up and I will show you. You can't lay down and I'll show you. It's, uh, you got to come up, amen? You got to come a little higher. How many know the higher you are, the better you can see? The higher you go, the more you climb, the higher the tree, the higher the mountain, the higher you go, you can see better. So the cry of worship is to come up a little higher. And that means we have to escape some things to get higher. And it reminds me of Moses, right? Moses and the children of Israel. And he goes to Pharaoh and he says, let my people go so that they might worship, serve me. Uh, Exodus chapter 7, verse 16. And he goes several times and you got all the plagues. I wonder sometimes if some of the plague we're experiencing now is to get people's attention but the, but the devil's working overtime. So, so he says, listen, here's what you need to say to Pharaoh. Let my people go that they may serve me or that they may worship me in the wilderness, but indeed until now you would not. Listen, the devil doesn't always care if you're saved. You may have slipped away and you're saved. Just don't become a worshiper. Just don't get radical about this. Because as long as you stay grounded down here in the jungle, You'll never see anything, and the devil could care less. The devil does not want you to see the glory. Whole churches have been locked down. In, uh, by lockdown, I mean lockdown even before the lockdown. I mean, they're, they're, they're just in this place where they never go very high. It's just always just about salvation, and we ought to be all about salvation. But how many know it's more than salvation? That he didn't just save me so I can get my ticket stamped and go to heaven. He saved me so I can be like him. He saved me so that I can see great things. He saved me so I can find my destiny in God. That's what ticks the devil off. Ooh, come on now. Let my people go. And of course, the devil, Pharaoh fought him. First of all, he says, well, if, if, you, if you have time for worship, you must have some time on your hands. So I'm going to put more work on you. If you ever notice, every time you make a commitment to do something great for the Lord, your boss puts you on overtime. Or all of a sudden, you need to find more work. Oh, I'm going to get 
Something else happened. Or you just get busy. And all of a sudden you find, you know, I've always said if you've ever forgotten anything, and I'm doing that more and more, if you've ever forgotten anything, just start praying. The devil will remind you of it. How many times have you been praying? Oh, yeah. The devil will remind you of all the stuff you need to do so that you're not focused on the spiritual things. Come on, church. So he says, I'll just give you more work. I, I, you know, some people have bosses that aren't Christians, and they're, they're just like, you know, work on Sunday. What's the big deal? But <clears throat> so that's the first thing he did. The second thing he did, he says, well, you can go worship in the wilderness. Just don't go very far. Just go a little ways out because he wanted to make sure they'll come back. Listen, the devil sometimes doesn't care that you go a little ways. The devil doesn't care if you just get a little crazy. The devil doesn't care if you get, you know, just, just come to church on Sunday. Okay, we can live with that. Just don't go very far because if they're not very far, Pharaoh could still control them. Pharaoh could still reach out if you get out of line. The devil doesn't care if you do a few religious things because he still has a hand on you, and he can yank you back if you, if you hear a sermon that gets you excited. <laughs> Come on, church. He, he can always jerk you back. But I want to go so far that I'm outside the reach of his arm. I want to go so far in God. Amen. Now, he'll follow you all the way. But, but you, there's just a place in God where you know you're never going back. There's a place in God that is radical. There's a place in God. Oh, my Lord. You've tasted and seen so much. You will never go back, not even a foot, not an inch. I'm Oh, I'm committed. People say I've come too far to go back now. If you've been saved five minutes, you've gone too far to turn back now. Amen. Man, y'all are fired up today, pulling something out of me. But then he says, he says, okay, I'll let the men go, but not the wife and kids. Sometimes God doesn't care if you do things. Just don't do it together. Just don't do it as a family. Of course, there are some men who said, yeah. Get away from the wife and kids. He knew, he knew he could let the men go as long as the wife and kids are still here, right? Let me, let me rephrase it. He knew he could keep most of them if he kept the wife and kids. But then, but then so, so this is a family thing. and The devil doesn't care if you just do your thing. Just don't do it together. And I tell you, there's the church family too. And if we could just start doing more together in spite of the virus, God's going to bless. Then finally, his last thing was, you can go, but you have to leave the livestock behind. You can go, but leave the cattle and the sheep and the goats and leave that all here. Because he knew that they, wouldn't, that they couldn't survive, that they needed their stuff. Now, God knows you need your stuff. But listen, if the devil is lord of your stuff, you'll always go back to Egypt. Now, oh, y'all aren't hearing. I said, if the devil is Lord of your stuff, if he's Lord of your pocketbook, if he's Lord of your time, if he's Lord of your possessions. So, so, well, I remember someone said, said uh, you can have as much as you want, but always hold it loosely in your hand. Don't worship God like this. Worship God like this. The devil knows if he can... If he has a handle on your stuff, 
you'll always come back. And here's the thing. God also knows that if you're going to go worship, you need to take your stuff. You need to bring it all to the Lord. It's, 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 not a, it's not a double-minded thing. It's not a dichotomy. It's not two different things. Amen. God wants to bless your car, your house, your job, your possessions, everything you have, everything that, that you do. He's interested in all that. Amen. And he wants to put his blessing on it. You need to take it all to the Lord. Take it all to the Lord. And he leads us out by that pillar of fire. Ah, come on, church. The pillar of fire. How many believe he leads us with a pillar of fire? John 12 and verse 32, he said, If I am lifted up from the earth, I will draw all people. If you can get out of Egypt, if you can go up Mount Zion, just get a little higher. Now, this scripture primarily refers to the crucifixion. If he is lifted up on the cross, he will draw all men unto himself. That's the primary meaning of it. But beyond the cross, doesn't it say he descended into the earth and ascended into heaven? So, anytime, so, and here's the third meaning every time we lift up Jesus, we're drawn to him. It's kind of like you can have a tent, but if you don't put any stakes in it, how many know it's not enough to have the canvas? You need the stakes. It's not enough to have religion, you need the cross. <laughs> Once you put that cross up under the canvas, you got all kinds of room to shout. Some of you never really got the, got the cross in there. You're just kind of laying in the canvas. I see you struggling. <laughs> I see you struggling. But you need to get that cross up there. And the higher, praise God, the higher the cross, the higher Jesus is, the more room there is under the canvas. The higher we can lift him, the more room for signs, wonders, and miracles. The, the higher it goes, the more people will be saved, the more room in our heart for, for the, those people around us and our family. Oh, let's lift him higher. Amen. Give him a praise. Hallelujah. So in Ephesians, it talks about this in chapter 4 beginning in verse 7, it said he has generous, generously given each one of us. How many each ones do I have here? Know which one you are. Each one of us supernatural grace. Woo! Not just the preacher. Not just a few elders. I gave each one of you supernatural grace. It's like you have a million dollars in the bank account and never wrote a check on it. Don't look at me in that tone of voice. According to the size of the gift of Christ. Oh, watch this now. How do you get that gift? This is why he says, he into the heavenly heights, taking his many captured ones. I know people say, I'm going to get saved so I can be free. No, you, you don't get free. You get saved. You belong to him. Paul keeps saying, I'm a slave of Christ. <laughs> it's those free people that keep getting in trouble. Listen, I want to be a captive of the Lord because that makes him responsible for me. 
If I'm his slave, he feeds me. If I'm his slave, he takes care of me. If I'm his slave, anything I need or do, amen, we need to start being slaves of the Lord Jesus Christ, amen. He ascends and he says his captured one, come with him. As you raise him, you, it's not like I raise him and he just gets further and further away. No, as you raise him, you go up with him. The higher you raise him, the higher you go in the spirit realm. Does anyone kind of relate to what I'm saying? Gifts. As you raise him, you are raised, and gifts, gifts were given to men. Woo. He ascended means that he returned to heaven after he had first descended from the heights of heaven, even descending as far as the lowest parts of the earth. Now, why did he go all the way as low? He didn't just die. He went to hell. He didn't just go to hell. He went to the lowest parts of hell. Now, why why is that important? Why is it important to understand that Jesus went as low as you can possibly go? He went as low as he possibly can go to make sure that on his way up, he takes everybody with him. Amen. It doesn't matter how low you've gone. doesn't matter what you've done. doesn't matter how you've sinned. doesn't matter how you've disappointed him. As low as you have gone, he's gone lower, and he's come up to bring you with him. Himself so that you can be with him, seated in heavenly places in the Lord Jesus. Praise him. The same one who descended is also the one who ascended above the heights of heaven in order to begin the restoration and fulfillment of all things. It only happens when we lift him up. Worship is not singing your favorite song. Jesus. You said you were going to sing some old songs. I thought you were going back to Amazing Grace and I'll fly away. I mean, I, that's just me. Oh, glory, I'll fly away. She went back 20 years. I thought, that ain't nothing. 80s? Was that 80s? 90s, okay. 30 years, oh, my God. You know you're getting old when you think in terms of decades. It's like, what decade was that? I forget about what year. I just, what decade? Are you Okay. So how do, how do we compare this? And I, I think it was last week I talked about worship is like rain. It evaporates. It goes up. How many know water has to go up before it can come down? So it evaporates. It rises. It seeds the clouds until they get so heavy that they drop it back down. And that rain provides a harvest. Rain is not just to cool you off. God's blessings are not just so you can have you know, Holy Ghost chills. It's not just for whirly birds. Y'all know what whirly birds are, right? If I do one of those, it's the Holy Ghost. Two whirly birds and I'd be out. Oh, don't laugh. You would too. It goes up in order to come down. If we are unwilling to worship, it's no wonder that nothing is coming down. But as I prayed about this message, the Lord gave me another illustration. Another illustration. How many have you're familiar with air balloons? Anybody ever been on one? Air balloons. So, but you you understand the concept, right? There's a balloon. It has air in it. You heat the air, and it rises. So here's what the Lord here's what the Lord told me. 
as long as the air in the balloon is the same temperature as the air around it, it won't rise. As long as you're living like the world, you'll never rise. There has to be some fire in you that changes the air. And you know how that happens when air warms, it begins to move. Molecules get heated and they begin to move. Come on, here's your high school chemistry. And, and the air begin, molecules begin ping, 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 ping all over the place. And hot air rises. Cold air sinks. Amen. Uh, you know your meteorology. Amen. So here it is. As you, as you heat things up in worship, that's why it's kind of hard to worship like this. Well, if they would sing my favorite song, maybe I can get into this. Some of us, it would take a lot of fire to heat our air up. But that's how you get balloons to rise. So the air in you, and praise God for that, because we understand greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. Hallelujah. When what is in me gets fired up, I can rise. I can get higher. I can get to a place in God, amen, where I can see powerful, wonderful things, signs, wonders, miracles, but I've got to rise above this world cannot be a part of this world and expect, uh, and expect me to be a spiritual Christian. Does that make sense? Acts chapter 2, verse 2 and 3. You know what happened in the book of Acts, right? Tongues of fire came upon them. That was, that was the... Yeah, you've seen this, right? You see it, there's a guy with a little string, and up above him there's a little the, the burner, gas pot, whatever it is. And you heat that, you, you pull that button, and it fires, and it so it's like he's standing right under that fire. That's Pentecost. As you worship, listen, if, if you can imagine, every time you worship, go, you're just heating that Holy Ghost air. How high can I go, preacher? How long can you hold the string? How hot are you willing to let it get? But understand, you're leaving this old world. <laughs> here's, 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 here's the second point. If you want to go higher than you are, you have to drop some weight. You have to drop some weight. So what happens in the balloon? They've got sandbags in there. And anytime, and if they want to go higher, they, they cut the rope and drop the sandbag off. If you want to go higher in God, I have a word for you. You can't take all your stuff. There's, if you want to go higher, you may have to cut some stuff off. If you want to go higher, you may have to quit doing certain things. Come on, let's talk holiness here a little bit. Let's talk sanctification here. Listen, I see a lot of Christians, they're, they're in the basket, they're in the balloon, they put in a little heat, and they're about two feet off the ground. And what happens? The first little tree or bush, I'm just not getting anywhere in God. Well, that little blueberry bush stopped you. <laughs> How many knows you got to get a little higher? But that means sometimes you got to drop something off. There's, there's things in our lives that we don't need. There are things in our lives that are holding us back. There are things in our lives that are just weight. 
dropped them off. Hebrews chapter 4 and verse 12. You know this verse. For the word of God is living, powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the division of soul and spirit. Ah, there it is. Too many Christians don't know the difference. And we live a soulish life instead of a spiritual life. And God says the word of God, what I'm preaching to you right now, will cut, it'll, it'll discern the difference between what is soulish and what is spiritual. And if we can cut off that which is soulish, we'll soar in the things of God. Ah, I felt that. We'll soar in the things of God if we'll start cutting off the soulish things in our life. Wow. So here's another thing. The more you bring with you, the lower you fly. Hello, my wife. Oh, it doesn't matter. There's spies everywhere. She knows everything that goes on, and I never see her all morning. I don't know how she does it. The more you bring. But, but you know, I was, when we get to where we're going, uh, Glory, did you bring? Yeah. Oh, good. I gripe about it when she's packing the bags, but once we're on the trip, I'm glad you brought If you bring to the Church of God, I was on over to Germany. We, we had not, you know, we didn't travel much. And we thought, you know, we're with all the big dogs. In the, and that was before they had limits. And we each had two big bags and two carry-on bags. There's no way you can carry all that. But there we are in Germany. And we had to, and we did, I said, well, we had some time off. So we said, well, we'll catch the train. Trains in Germany run on time. And most people have a little suitcase or a hand, you know, they're going to work. So those trains don't wait. So the train would stop. You got like 30 seconds to throw eight bags on there. The train's starting to move, and I'm throwing bags on there. Because you can't just carry them on. You got too many. Gloria. Of course, I packed my bags, too. I was guilty. We still have that many bags, but only one is mine. The other seven are. Okay, anyway. Some of you, the only reason Gloria brings you on the trip is so that you'll carry some of her bags. And they'll say in the airport, if anyone has given you a bag, and Gloria's like, I'm not. The more you bring the lower you fly. Come on. I've never seen a trailer behind a hearse. You can't take it with you, and you can't take it with you in the spirit realm either. Some things need to be left behind because we've become too encumbered with it, and we give it too much time and too much energy so that we're not able to even live a Christian life, much less soar. We live like turkeys instead of eagles. Amen. Amen. If you're an eagle, you should have jumped on that. If you're not, just go. Hebrews 12. Can you imagine if I had to preach three times? Do you see what this means? All these pioneers who blazed the way, all these veterans cheering us on, it means we'd better get on with it. Strip down, start running, and never quit. No extra spiritual fat. No parasitic sins. Keep your eyes on Jesus who both began finished. There's a book in my library. It's about that thick, several hundred pages. It says, looking unto Jesus, and there's 700 pages. Looking. Let me give you the last point here, second to the last. You can't, I don't know if you realize it or not, there's no way to steer that. So I, what does it do? Wherever the where, whenever the You say, I want to go to California. Tough. You're going to wind up in New York. You can't fly west. The winds blow. Are you hearing what I'm saying? You can't steer it. All you can do is ride along. 
Now, that's, that's what really is hard for a lot of Christians because we like to be in, in control, especially if you're a control freak, right? Some of us, we got to have everything just so. Sorry, it's going to be a lot harder for you in the kingdom. We have got to find a way to just get in the basket. Our only job is to heat the air and rise. And there's all kinds of currents up there. Remember last week we talked about there's different strata in the heavenly places. And when, he, when, God, when God told Peter, I'm giving you the keys to the kingdom, it's not one key, one door. It's several keys, several strata. And God's saying, and we're going to preach about that. And we're talking about portholes, and we're going to get into all that stuff. It's going to get deep. Are you okay? But there's strata in the heavenly places, and we go from blessing to blessing and glory to glory. And as we rise, amen, there's keys to those various strata, amen. But as you get up, there's different currents in different places. And we learn how to master the currents. But you can't steer it, John 3 and 8. I mean, it makes this very clear. Jesus is talking here, and he says, For the spirit wind blows as it chooses. You can hear it sound but you don't know where it came from or where it's going. So it is within the hearts of those. I don't always know where it's coming from, don't know where it's going, but how many of you are along for the ride? Where he leads me, I will follow. Amen. There's an old song you could have sung. Amen. Right? Christians lie more when they say. Here's the last. When you stop heating the air, when you stop heating, you can't just... Get up there, and then the air will cool, and you will drop. It's called gravity. When I say gravity, I mean the things of this world that keep you in place. But in the spirit realm, you can heat the air and rise above the things. That's, that's what it's meant by being spiritual. You're rising above. Does that make sense? We rise above the things of this earth, but you have to keep applying the heat. Every once in a while, you have to keep heating the air or you will come down. You will crash. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Leviticus chapter 6 and verse 12 and 13, and the fire on the altar shall be kept burning. It shall not be put out. Hello? This is not battery operated. You have to feed. That'll be next week. And the priest shall burn wood on it every morning and lay the burnt offering in order on it, and he shall burn on it the fat of the peace offering. A fire shall always, always be burning on it. When you get up in the morning, I don't know if any, I asked my grandpa once, quite like we got him. Every two hours you have to, because if you don't, nature will take over. And, and, and the wood stove, there's a wood stove and then the kitchen stove. And the wood stove was in the middle of the house, and there were grates. The heat would rise through the grates, so you could get some heat in the bedrooms. I used to ask my mom, I said, how did you sleep? He said, well, there were nine kids, and half of us were in one bed. All the girls were in one bed, all the guys in another bed. We stayed warm. We were That's what quilts are for. Before, they were just pretty and hanging somewhere. They actually kept people warm. Because heat rises. And when you worship, something rises. When you worship, you rise. When you worship, you are seated in heavenly places in Christ Jesus the Lord. Come on. 
But if you stop heating the air, the balloon will drop. We've got to keep the fire burning. I got one amen. We got to keep the fires burning. That means on Monday morning, you need to get up and light the fire. Listen, you got to stop. Listen, it's not my job to keep the fire burning in your furnace. There's 200 families in this church. I, I, can't, I can't keep y'all's fire going. You start a fire, you hope it's still burning next Sunday so pastor can throw a few more logs in there. That's not, that's not how this works. It's not my job to keep your fire burning. It's my job to teach you how to keep your fire burning. And believe me, most of us have plenty of dead wood in our lives that we could throw in the fire. Isn't it interesting that in the Old Testament you would worship at an altar? You'd bring stuff to the altar and burn it there. And that would rise the fumes, the, 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 the incense that would rise, the smoke would rise. And it was so symbolic as they saw the smoke rise that symbolized worship rising. It was a way to see in the natural what was happening in the spiritual. We've got all messed up. We think the altar is where I get blessed. No, the altar is where things die. You can't get blessed unless you leave something. And how many times have I seen people come down here and boo-hoo and cry, and then as they get up, they put it back in their pocket and walk out. Pastor, feel sorry for me. Listen, me feeling sorry for you is not going to get it done. You need to stab that thing. You need to kill that. There's some, thi- there's some emotions. There's some stuff from your past. Uh, there's some uh, hard times. You just need to get your Holy Ghost knife out and stab that thing and kill it and get rid of it. Leave it at the altar. Set fire to it. Amen. When you give God all that stuff, it rises as worship. When you repent, that's setting fire to your sins. It rises as worship. Does that make sense? It rises as worship. Let's stand together. Listen, church, keep the fire burning. Keep the fires burning. Organize it. Schedule it. Read your scripture. Spend time in prayer. Listen to music. Worship music. Whatever it takes, you've, just, you've got to keep feeding the fire. And most importantly, you need to repent. You need to repent. There's things you need to cut out. There's things you need to quit. There's things you need to turn away from and set fire to it. Some of you have enough sins in your life you could soar 10,000 feet. I didn't get an amen, but it's time to soar. My goal, did I tell you my goal in this series? My goal is to get you from worshiping to being a worshiper. To get this church united in worship, deliberate, intentional in worship. It doesn't matter what what they sing up here. I'm here to worship the Lord. I don't need a song to worship God. I just need a heart that wants to worship Him. I don't need a CD. All that's fine and good. Praise God for this fantastic worship team. They lead us in worship. But listen, on Monday morning, morning, this team's not going to show up in the front yard serenading you. 
You may not have a worship CD. You may not have any music. But you can make a melody in your heart. You can begin to call on him. You can begin to tell him how much you love him and how much you, amen, don't just, listen, I'm talking about worship, not just telling him every, oh, God, please do this, please. Amen. There's a place for intercession. But more importantly, you need to make a place for worship. Give him thanks. This is the week to give him thanks. Give him thanks for all he's done, all he's doing, all that he's going to do. Worship him on credit this week and magnify the Lord.